Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Oz Business Live from our Brangaroo Studios. Great to have your company between now and 1 p.m. for the call. Uh, 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. Let's get straight into it. David Lane from Odd Minute is with us. David, in the flesh in the studio. Good exactly. to see. Afternoon. What, what brings you to, uh, to Sydney? Uh, we've actually just had a launch of the uh, Odd Minute uh, Australian Water Polo. Uh, oh, wow. Sponsoring the Water Polo team for, for five years. Oh, uh, that's great. Possibly True. into the Olympics in 2032. Oh, terrific. Mm. So certainly to Paris and all of that. Definitely. Uh, yes, Olympics. yeah, a number of world championships coming up oh, in the next uh, next year. So, okay. yeah, very exciting. All right, Daniel Ortizzi from the Stock Doctor. Daniel, have you had your budgie smugglers on uh, uh, this morning like David? No. Oh, it's a little bit cold in Melbourne, unfortunately. <laughs> so, no, unfortunately not. But um, I've got to speak to our marketing team. Maybe we could uh, support the volleyball, the, the beach volleyball or something. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah, perfect, perfect. All right, good to have you two aboard. Um, let's get straight into it. In terms of this half hour, we're going to be talking about Amcor, uh, Service Stream, Reese. Task and Symbio. Um, stock of the day. Um, thought we can continue the supermarket um, theme. We both Woolies and Coles came up on the call last week. Uh, Metcash today riding high on the uh, the watch list. The company reporting a, a 4.6% boost to full year underlying profit, with the company sa- saying sales have continued to grow in the first seven weeks of FY24. Uh, revenue also higher, over up over 6% in the period, with the uh, board declaring a final dividend of 11 cents a share, taking the full year payout to 23.5 cents. Company, though, a bit cautious. While demand continues to be solid in all pillars, the impact of higher interest rates and cost of living has started to impact consumer confidence and the behaviour of some shoppers and customers, according to the company today. A bit of a spike in uh, Metcash share price today after um, taking a a bit of a hammering in June as the the general stock market has, and uh, six weeks ago that sharp fall down. Uh, Daniel, what did you think of the the Metcash announcement um, and, and also the stock price at these levels? Yeah, I think the announcement, it seems like it kind of uh, really kind of culled some of the market concerns. I think um, hardware was probably a little bit of a point of concern for certain analysts. And, you know, it was a little bit weaker than expected, but certainly the strength um, in its underlying business and retail and liquor kind of solved those issues. So that's why the stock did open up 
pretty positively to the day, I think around five or six percent. And I think it does offer some some decent value. Although I will say, you know, you commonly hear that oh, Metcash is, is a, a good buying opportunity because it trades at a discount to say Woolies. Well, my comment would be that, you know, you, you typically see these discounts be warranted and it's very rare that the valuation gap kind of narrows and closes. So, you know, I think it's a fine business to hold and I wouldn't certainly be selling it on, on today's news. It seems like, you know, inflation is still quite sticky um, in the grocery segment. So I'd be happy holding the stock. Uh, but, you know, I don't think there's probably enough there to call it a buy at the is, moment. Is it, is it your preferred supermarket stock? No, I think certainly ours has been Woolworths um, right. and we've held that for quite some time. And, and I think today's update probably actually puts a bit of a case to get more interested in Endeavor because um, it, it did seem like liquor sales mm. uh, for them were a little bit higher than expected as well. Right. Oh, that's interesting. David, what do you think of Matt Cash? Yeah, it was a, a quite a, a good result or, or better than, than what the market was expecting. That's why the, the share price is, is up yeah. fairly well. Um, their hardware was was a positive part of it. Their earnings in the hardware division was up 16.8%. Uh, and as Daniel said, the, the liquor was, was a positive as well. Um, yeah, good business, good result. Um, we've got a whole recommendation on Metcash, but we do have it in our value portfolio. Uh, yeah. So it's got yeah. a dividend yield of... 6.4%. They uh, announced the 11 cent dividend today, so they're maintaining that. Um, we think it's a it's a reasonable business, and it is actually our preferred uh, of the, the supermarket oh, it is your retailers. Preferred. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, so we've got Lightens on both Coles and, and, uh, on, and Woolworths. I uh, think that they're probably a little bit overpriced at, at present times. Um, but similar to Daniel, we do also like Endeavour and think that, that it is a... Uh, you know, a good business in that, that liquor okay. space as well. And they're trading, you know, fairly low, so don't mind them either. Uh, we had both Woolies and Coles last week through separate panels. Uh, basically, all on all holds on right. Coles and Woolies, uh, but everyone split on who was the better, Coles or Woolies. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a bit of a toss-up. Yeah, yeah. And look, all, all of them, whether it's Coles, Woolies or Metcash, they're all getting increased competition from... Aldi, uh, we're also seeing Costco and the like. Uh, it was interesting to see in the result today that Metcash mentioned that they are seeing people buying more tinned and frozen food, right. uh, less fresh food, and also uh, their private label is doing quite well. So people are uh, uh, So they're seeing a change less. in habits. Definitely, right. yeah. Right, yeah. okay. All right, let's get uh, into the stocks you want us to take a look at. And uh, David Riley wants a view on Amcor, the big plastic packaging uh, giant, if you like. Um, 14.5 billion US dollars in sales, 44,000 employees across 40 countries. Um, everything from uh, rigid uh, plastic healthcare, household, personal care products. You forget how big Amcor is. Oh, it is. It's don't you? It is yeah. just a giant. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, many years ago, Amcor was a global business. Um, oh. They spun off their Australian business into Aurora and the rest of the world is Amcor. So, yeah, yeah it's it's definitely a massive business. Um, yeah. So it is one of those companies that you can get good global exposure by being invested on the ASX. Right. Um, we've got an accumulate recommendation on Amcor. Think it's you know a very good business. Our fair value on it is sixteen dollars. Uh, so I think it's okay. it's reasonable value at the moment. Um, you know, not extraordinary. So <coughs> it's one of those stocks that if you see a bit of weakness in the share price, um, you'd look at buying it. Um, and again, 
I guess, you know, in that, that theme that we, we spoke about with Metcash, one of the things in Amcor's result was that they are actually starting to see that um, consumers are buying more bulky goods, um, so it's requiring less packaging. So that's actually had a bit of an impact on their, their volume demand. So ah. the last result from management, they're actually talking about uh, you know, consumer um, destocking and also the, the fact that demand is, is actually starting to, to weaken as far as the, the, uh, the smaller items are concerned. Right, okay. Um, so Aurora is the local that's right. Offshoot. Yeah, so that's so, the Australian yeah, business, yeah. and Amcor is effectively it, the rest of the, the world. Global. Is one better than the other? I think probably the Amcor because you do have that global exposure. Right. Um, you know, Australia is a, a much smaller market, um, yeah. whereas yeah, Amcor you've got overseas manufacturing predominantly in Asia, yeah. uh, and you've also got demand from the rest of the world. So right. it is a yeah a bigger okay. business, better better version. Uh, Daniel, what do you think of Amcor? Yeah, definitely more the defensive side of businesses. But when you look at some of their operational kind of results and and trends there, there was a bit of weakness. And I think that certainly surprised the market. There were probably a lot of people holding on to this stock, you know, assuming it was going to be a lot more defensive. And I think price rises across the board have been more than 20% over the last, I think, year and a half. So, you know, you would have expected a bit more defensiveness defensiveness in the margin. But I think that volume story um, is the kind of the key part that people weren't expecting that David covered um, quite well there. So that's what's caught investors off guard and why the share price has fallen so much. I would probably add in that has $6 billion in net debt and interest um, expenses are starting to increase pretty rapidly now. So I think I looked at kind of the the bridge of, of profitability year on year and now profits are probably going to go down or at least earnings per share 10% in FY23. So for a defensive business, you don't like to see double digit mm. earnings decline and roughly half of that is due to is due to some foreign exchange movements, and the other half of that is a mixture of interest expense and uh, the impact of losing uh, some business out of Russia. Of course, exiting the Russian business there as well. So, arguably, some one-offs, um, but I think there are still a few issues there. So, I'm probably happy if I wasn't in the stock to stay out of it uh, because I think there is still a little bit of weakness to come. What if you're in it? Do you get rid of it? Uh, oh, if you've th- been it- thinking the end of end of June. Well, look, I think if you've been a long-term holder, you know, you're probably likely just to hold on to this because over the long term, and management called this out, they aim for that 10 to 12% overlying uh, underlying share price uh, kind of quotation mark growth and that's composed of low single digit earnings low single digit dividend and then one to two percent in share buyback so they have a defined strategy and you know when when kind of the market's going well for them i think it's well uh, more than achievable for them to achieve that so you know if you're holding it now you're unlikely to, to cut your losses uh, and trim it now but i think as well it's not the right time to re-enter the stock so i okay. wouldn't be looking to average average lower Okay. Um, Daniel, uh, Kate wants a view on Service Stream, the, uh, the telecommunications uh, group here in Australia. What do you think of uh, Service Stream? Yeah, so I think historically, and, and most people are familiar with it um, by now, they did. They were a large, um, you know, contract holder of the MBN rollout, yeah. and um, I think as that was coming to an end, you know, the business tried to pivot, make an acquisition in Len Lease's engineering business, and I think if you look at the share price over the last few years, it goes to show that look, realistically, it hasn't covered the holes 
that that contract has left. Um, and the recent share price appreciation has been on the news that there was a two-year extension to, to that MBN deal, and I think to the tune of $240-odd million. So, look, I think returns have historically, you know, from, from a ROE basis, you know, they're, they're just, they've been quite low, as you'd expect, from this type of services business. I mean, the telco um, servicing kind of segment is the most attractive. Utilities is far lower margin. And if you're looking for telco servicing and that defensiveness, that defensiveness there, it's hard to go past Ventia, VNT, who are the largest um, service provider in Australia in the telco market. So I think that's probably a much better option in this in this in this segment. I think ServiceStream have a lot of historical issues that that probably you know aren't aren't justified in the current share price, and therefore probably a little bit more downside to come. Okay, so avoid from uh, from you, but Ventia is the uh, the better option if you're looking for that sort of stock. Absolutely, for our money, I think we don't own it yet because right. we've kind of missed the the, the run up. But it's been one we've uh, certainly watched mm. quite closely okay. since that listed. Uh, David, service strength. Yeah, we have an opposite view. We like it. We've got a, a buy recommendation on it. Um, target price of ninety-one cents. So I think that it's um, you know very undervalued where it is. Right. Trading on a PE of around ten times. Um, so it's attractive value. Um, Daniel's right. In that utility sector, uh, the margins haven't been good. But one of the things our analyst is looking for is an improvement in those margins. And, and what we're seeing is that a lot of the, the local governments are spending a lot more in, in water. Um, there's a commitment to not only maintain, but also upgrade their, their facilities there. So uh, we like the business. Uh, we actually had management in, the CEO and CFO were in uh, the office on Thursday last week, okay. talking about um, positive momentum there, you know, their, their business has been running very strongly. So, you know, we think it's a it's a business that does have some good potential. So you've got a target at 91 yes. cents. What is yep. it? At, it's 86. Currently 82. 82. Yeah, so they've, okay, they've picked so up a little bit. Yeah, so right. probably about 15%, 15% gain there. Right. The other positive that they got was they, uh, they've just got $50 million back from the ATO uh, oh. as a refund because um, they bought the Lend-Lease uh, engineering business. So they've got a bit of liquidity there uh, and could have the potential of, of increasing their dividend. They're paying out a dividend yield of 5.1%. So right. there's the potential that they look at you know, some capital management okay. there as well. Uh, a refund from the ATO is a win in anyone's Absolutely. Business. It doesn't come along that often. Good. All right. <laughs> um, next stock, David, uh, uh, Trent wants a view on Reese, the, uh, the massive plumbing group, uh, plumbing, bathroom, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. Uh, a lot of the big supplier, the big brand names, I think Chroma is, is one of yes, them. Yep. Uh, big brand names that you buy for the bathroom all come through Reese. Uh, they're in Australia, New Zealand, and also expanded into the US. Um, another really big organisation. It is a big organisation. It's been a great business. It's mm. been really well managed. It's a, one of those family-founded businesses, yeah, family and they're still involved. So we, we like it from that point of view. Um, but based on current share price, I think it's probably a little bit um, fully valued at current levels. So we've got a hold recommendation on it. Um, our target price is actually fifteen fifty, or our, our fair valuation. Oh, okay. So I think it's probably trading a little bit too high currently. Um, and the concern in the current economic environment is that with rising interest rates, 
people are going to be spending less on, on renovations and, and we've already seen uh, new housing uh, numbers decline as far as uh, new starts. Uh, so we think that it's probably heading into a, a bit of a tough period, both in Australia and in the US. So uh, if you've got it in your portfolio, good quality business, hold it, but I wouldn't be buying at current no. levels. Um, Daniel, it is just a squeeze, is it? There's a lack of supply of housing coming on, but um, building approvals fallen off a cliff, so the supply doesn't seem to be coming through on the pipeline. Uh, it's it's headed for a, a real pain point, is it? I think so, and I think the CEO in their um, in their FY23 result actually talked about kind of price increases, and along the way, I think his quote was, you know, we're going to react to price increases. I think it was like kangaroo, so obviously, you know, putting them up <laughs> very speedily straight away and react to them like wombats on the way down. So, <laughs> likely that's when you'd want to try and capture the margin uplift in the stock is when you're starting to see some kind of input inflation pressures ease and hence like the price um, rises that have been in remain sticky and that's the margin benefit but I've just been fascinated by the price appreciation in anything to do with US housing stocks so mm. if you look in the US you know housing stocks are, are hitting 52 week highs it's, it's just incredible and you know Is remember that right because every, yeah. every, everyone talks about uh, tech stocks in the US driving yeah. the market no one's talking about housing stocks Oh, it's, it's, it's actually incredible. And I think if you look at kind of where analysts are, are looking now, they, they keep pointing out that James Hardy is is a huge laggard in that space comparatively to some of the US peers. Um, and recently it has gone on a pretty big run. So you can kind of see that playing catch up. And, and right. Reese is certainly held up in that because it does have a huge um, portion of its business now in the US. I think it when it acquired Morse Co, it was 170-something stores. Now it's well in excess of 200 um, just over four years. So that's that's their clear rollout you know, management strategy. The ANZ um, segment, it's really been locked up. Reese dominates that market and they run it so well. So they're really relying on US for growth. And look, uh, it's just in terms of volumes, everything's heading down, but share prices are going up. I can't reconcile that. So, you know, I'd probably rather sit in the sidelines. I think last time I was on the show with you, Koshi, I said it was a hold at 15 bucks. It was, you know, a little bit look, creeping up to a little bit too expensive and it's just smashed through that now. So yeah. I'm probably looking to, to trim it, to be honest. Oh, so I, you, I just can't take, justify that rally. You'd start taking some profits. I think so. And if you look at Global Peer Ferguson's, you know, quarterly profits were down 12%. Um, from their report. So clearly, you know, the, the profitability metrics are being crunched. But yeah, I don't know. Share prices are just are just absolutely flying, probably off that narrative of, of, of shortages, not only here, but in the US as well. So the, at some day, you know, the, the, the economics will yeah. need to stack up. Uh, and I think that that just hasn't played out yet. Are you, are you a fan of management like uh, David and, and Ords is as well? Because uh, when, when, yeah. when companies expand into the US, and go, oh, isn't that great for Australia? But so many stuff it up <laughs> yeah. because they just can't handle it. I think when you're expanding overseas, Kosha, you really have to look at the strategy. So obviously, management um, is a huge part of leading that strategy. And I think it makes sense. So the current market in the US, it's it's there's not really, you know, a true, say, one-stop shop for plumbing. You know, they're all in example, the Home Depots where it's a kind of an everything type of shop. So their idea is come into that market, be the focus provider, kind of look to be what Reese is in Australia, where the the one name that everyone is synonymous with in plumbing. 
So that's what they want to do. And so they have a defined strategy where they can compete with those big guys like a Home Depot. So it is differentiated. And so far, it seems to be working along plan. But, you know, this is this is a market and everyone knows the US is a market that takes almost decades to really make a dent in. So yeah. if they are successful, it's not a five-year story you're talking about. It's a, it's a 10, 15-year rollout story. Yeah, and a big one too. All right. Uh, our next stock, uh, Daniel Reiner wants a view on Task Group. Um, I hadn't really heard of Task until I, I saw that it's the old Plexure Group. Mm. Uh, so that, that threw me a bit. Um, they're, they're a software business transaction platform uh, specialising in the hospitality uh, sector, cloud-based transactional management, mobile customer engagement solutions for, for hotels, motels and the like. Uh, what do you think of Task? Yeah, it was interesting. I think we had the same um, issue where we weren't familiar with it, but that did have Task Group had a merger with Plexure. Uh, and if you remember when Plexure listed, I think it was predominantly just servicing the McDonald's um, contract. Yep. They, they, so they do a lot of customer relationship and targeted um, deal offerings for McDonald's in their app. So it is a unique offering. Um, and it seems like obviously there's a lot of kind of concentration risk around there. So it made sense to kind of merge with Task and maybe perhaps increase the offering overall. Um, look, you know, it, it doesn't have much coverage out there. There are probably a lot of questions um, in terms of recent performance because the FY23 report came in and numbers actually looked quite solid and hence the share price has gone on a bit of a run. I was surprised at the cash flow statement. So I'm just referring to my notes here, some of the numbers. I think cash flows, they made almost 18 20 million dollars in cash flow you know profitability but i was trying to look a bit further and trying to reconcile that i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they probably pay seven six to seven million just in share based payments which look from an analyst perspective most of us try to add that back in because it is a genuine expense to the business and then the other kind of six to seven million dollar benefit was from working capital so i think at the moment cash flows are a little bit overinstated uh, over over inflated and that would be my kind of bare thesis on this stock i don't think yeah. they're as profitable as they seem right now so i'd be happy to sit on the sidelines although you know if you did hold it you'd like to see the next result because the, the, it is trending in the right direction i just don't think it's as strong as perhaps some investors may think oh okay all right bit of uh um I was going to say financial engineering, but that that may, yeah. may not be the case. In sort of that has a bad connotation to it, and may not be the case in this this instance. But uh, but just keep a watch on it. Uh, mm. David, what do odds think of Task? Yeah, we we like it. We've got a buy recommendation on it. Yeah. Um, we think it's or our our fair value is about sixty six cents. So I think it's worth more than it is uh, trading at at the moment. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating business that, uh, yeah, they do a lot of the, you know, when you walk into a McDonald's, they've got the screens and you order yep. on screen. Um, and yes, that does create concentration risk in that, you know, that accounts for 70% of their, their business. Um, some of their other customers uh, are the likes of uh, Allianz Stadium and, and they do a lot of the, the stadiums around Australia. But the interesting thing about that McDonald's business is that the McDonald's globally are actually finding that their sales through the app are increasing by about 30% a year. 
uh, and that now accounts for about 40% of their sales. So Jeez. it's definitely a growing 40% trend. 40% of McDonald's sales. Of McDonald's sales, wow. yeah. So, uh, yeah, people are either using the app and ordering before they get into the restaurant or when they get in, get on, in. on the screen. Rather than so, talk to a person. Yeah, and right. it gives both McDonald's and, and TAS the opportunity to, to really mine that data and right. to send you know, offers that are you know, specifically for those people. So it's it does have upside. Um, it does have you know, a lot of potential, but obviously, in in tech, um, you know, as Daniel said, they are profitable, but but only marginally at this point in time. Um, it does require a fair bit of investment to continue mm. to to upgrade that that tech. But um, yeah, so a higher risk business, but we think uh, you know worth a worth a punt at current yeah. prices. If they can get it right, at least they're earning revenue. Aren't they? Oh, definitely. And, and yeah, got mm-hmm. some big customers that Absolutely. they can leverage into the future. Definitely, yeah. And yeah. McDonald's is a, a shareholder of, of Task mm-hmm. as well, so they've oh, got about five point seven percent. Not going to get rid of them as a supplier anytime no, any no. soon. And if they do the right thing, maybe McDonald's moves up that register and, and yeah. somewhat can they, takes them out. Can they? Um, um, have their software used in other competitors of McDonald's? Or well, the. The McDonald's software itself, um, McDonald's has the the rights, rights over that, right. um, but they are able to use a similar groups. Un- is it listed or unlisted that does uh, Domino's as well? I think a, a similar software group. Yes. But, um, yeah. 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 Well, Domino's. Uh, yeah. I mean, they. You know, the management sort of talk about the fact that Domino's is more of a tech, a tech company, company than a pizza company. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. I think, uh, that, I think that company was taken out um, a few years ago. I, I forgot the name of it, yeah, but uh, is that break, is that break a law? Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was mm. I was just going to say, Koshi, with Task, uh, and David pointed something there that, you know, they have to continually invest. These guys have $70 million in annual expenditures. My thought would have been the the upside here would be if they had a cost out program, because that is a lot of money to be spending on, you know, a a pretty targeted product. So I think that would be kind of an interesting point. And perhaps we'd probably take a bit of a look into it if if that was the case. Okay. All right. Good one. Uh, Let's stick with with the tech area as well and telecommunications. David, um, uh, Christine wants a view on Symbio Holdings, delivers cloud and software-based technology, uh, communications, platform, messaging. Uh, Its software helps Skype and other VoIP um, voice over internet uh, pioneers launch here in Australia. Yeah, it's an interesting one. When you look at the the share price, it's it was seven dollars fifty back in um, November twenty twenty one. They're now a dollar eighty three. So, right. from that perspective, they look like good value. Um, it's not a stock that that Ords actually covers, so we don't have an official recommendation on it. Um, I'd just probably caution about it in that uh, management have reiterated their their EBITDA guidance of you know earning twenty six to twenty eight billion uh, twenty eight six to twenty eight million dollars this year, um, but that is six months ago they actually downgraded their recommendation or their their guidance by twenty five percent. So okay. although they're on target to meet their current guidance, we're already you know. At, past a, well down, a, yeah. an earnings downgrade. So in terms of timing, <coughs> I'd probably be waiting until the next result to come out to make sure that they have actually met that and, and hopefully even exceeded their, their expectations a little bit further. Um, right. But yeah, there, there is value in the in the company. It is a you know, a growing business uh, and they are finding that um, yeah, their, their, their customers are you know, increasing their volumes are, are improving. So, right. you know, I'd 
it, it is a reasonable business, but I probably wouldn't be buying it at this point in time. Right. I'd be waiting for the next result okay. to come through. Um, Daniel, five-year low. That's a mm. horrible-looking chart, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, some investors may be familiar. I think it was the old MyNet phone. Um, ah, this stock and right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we have actually used to own this one back in the day, but um, haven't for quite a while. And I think it was a it was a key kind of COVID beneficiary. This one because it has those recurring software um, revenues through the through some telecom platforms, but it also has a volume based component as well. And clearly, you know, there was a lot of uh, increase in messaging and bandwidth space. And then once the bandwidth kind of heats up, they can charge more. Per, um, per volume. So they, they did receive a huge free kick during COVID. Uh, and really management, uh, like David said, they've kind of been trying to hold the fort and, and constantly say, oh, we're going to hit guidance, going to hit guidance. And then they disappoint and downgrade. And then I think they've done that two or three times in a row now. So clearly there's a lot of lost confidence uh, by investors in this business and hence why it's trading so depressed. I think when I looked at its um, first half profitability, went from making just last year $11 million in net profit to effectively breaking even. So, you know, it's clearly got some underlying issues there. Now it's looking to try and reduce costs and uh, potentially restart revenue growth. But yeah, it seems like a lot of underlying issues there. And, you know, when, you, when you're breaking even, um, or even potentially, you know, trying to weigh too much in that result to the second half, there's always going to be concerns. So we'd, we'd be happy to stay out of this one. Right. Okay. All right. Let's recap the uh, the first five stocks. Uh, stock of the day was Metcash on that good report out this morning. Uh, both Daniel and David uh, have a hold on it. Um, uh, for odds, this is their preferred supermarket stock. Um, for for Daniel and the stock doctor, um, it is uh, Woolworths is the preferred supermarket stock. But both agree, given that um, uh, Metcash was saying uh, liquor sales starting to increase, that that was a good sign for Endeavour, which they uh, they both like. Uh, Amcorp is a no from Daniel and accumulate from David. Uh, Service Stream is a no from Daniel in that space, that sort of telco servicing infrastructure sector. Uh, they prefer Ventia. Um, David has a buy on Service Stream at odds. Uh, Reese is a hold from David. Take some profits from Daniel. It's had a really good run up. Um, Task a no from Daniel, a buy from uh, from David and Ords and Symbio, a no from both. Uh, here at the call, we've been following our own high conviction fantasy fund. It was picked by the investment committee, the uh, last committee meeting up on the platform at the moment, osbiz.com. Uh, let's check on the portfolio at that June meeting. Of course, July one coming up next week. Uh, going into June, South 32 was replaced by Altium. Uh, Woodside was removed. Its weighting split across CSL, Linus and Wes Farmers. Uh, Elders was removed as well. Its weighting split across uh, Avita and RPM Global, which were added to the portfolio. And the fund is up currently 5.5%. Uh, let's take a look at this half hour. Um, we will be looking at Phineos Corporation, uh, the reject shop, Super Retail, GUD Holdings and Supply Network. Uh, Daniel Carlos wants a view on, on Phineos Corporation, another software sort of tech business, but uh, this one specialising in employee benefits, life accident, health insurance uh, mm. industries, um, Irish based. 
Yeah, so this is a stock that kind of got caught up in that tech hype earlier on in 2021 and really rallied strongly. It seems like there is a decent underlying business here, but there were issues with profitability. And, you know, a lot of these companies kind of got caught up in the fact that the market wanted them to grow. So they're reinvesting all cash proceeds and, and everything they can into growth. And then they kind of get caught up into the fact that now we've shifted into profitability and everyone's focused now on cutting costs. So the stock, when it rebounded, I think that was on the announcement that they're looking to to narrow down that cost base and go back to profitability. So it does show you the potential for these kind of tech-orientated stocks when when that story um, plays out and hence a bit of a, a throwback yeah. to task group there. And, and zero is a classic and example zero, yeah. of that, isn't yeah. it? Sort of looks as I'm fitting on. And it's hard for companies like this because yeah, yeah. investors during the boom are going, mm. don't worry about costs, revenue, <laughs> revenue, revenue, revenue. Yep. Interest rates go up, markets turn <laughs> and they go, Oh no, we want pro- old-fashioned business models. We need you to make profits. So, oh, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. But but it's credit to the management of mm. the companies that go, okay, this is the new environment. This is what we've got to do. No, exactly. And and another one I'd call out is, is a serial offender is Iris. They, they went from basically trying to expand overseas, acquire all these <coughs> businesses. Now it's focused yep. on, oh, let's just focus on our ANZ products. So, you know, it, it's an industry-wide issue. And hence, yep. you know, as, as an investor, you, you just have to be, you know, very aware, I guess, of that kind of market sentiment and what the market's looking for. So I think they're making the right steps. Look, it, it's an interesting business. And by all accounts, the software is, is really good. I think they do have a few competitors listed globally uh, and they're also kind of facing similar issues but um, it seems like Phineos is, is getting on track and I think there were some concerns around the balance sheet whether or not they'd need to to raise some capital uh, but potentially it might be a, you know an issue of timing now if they can get that cap raise you know away at a higher price wouldn't be a material issue for shareholders at the moment but you'd you'd start to get worried I think if this stock um, began to fail again so at the moment, I'd probably call it a, you know, a, a cautious hold. Right. But if this stock starts to dwindle down, I think it's one you could you could um, kind of cut really quickly because that concern of capital raise will, will play through. Okay. David? Yeah, we've got an accumulate recommendation on it. Um, fair value of $3.40. Uh, it's, it's a good business. It's got good contracts and it's the sort of um, business that it takes a lot to get a customer. Um, so there's there's high cost of transfer, if you like, or, right. or, or moving um, businesses. Okay. So once they're... So it's so like those, those medical software groups. Once, yeah. once you get it into a hospital, that's right. You know, uh, they're going to stick with it. You're embedded in there. Yeah. Hell of a problem to get out of it. That's right. Yeah. Right. So they've got about 70% market share of the, the major, or well, 7 out of 10 of the, the major um, life insurance businesses in oh, the US. Okay. Right. About 70% market share in Australia. Um, but it is a fairly low margin business. So... For, for their growth, what they really need to do is to um, improve their margins, um, and that's why they're looking at, at reducing costs and then, I guess, developing more product to, to give to their existing customers. So there, there is a bit of concentra- client concentration risk, but we think it's a good business and think where they're, they're trading at the moment is okay. uh, yeah reasonable. It's had a great rebound. Certainly right. has, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, let's, uh, our next stock, um, David, Peter wants a view on the stock that you would think would be perfect for this environment. The Reject Shop, of course, is uh, the discount variety retailer. The theme is always, okay, 
consumers finding it tough, maybe going or more than likely going into recession. How hard? That's still up in the air at the moment. But everyone watching their pennies, Metcash saying more tin food being sold, more private label. Does this translate across to the reject shop? Is this the perfect hedge against an economic downturn? I think it might do, yeah. Anecdotally, oh. we've actually uh, just in the last week or two heard heard a little bit of um, yeah information that you know, that may well be the case, that the reject shop are benefiting from the fact that okay. people are are uh, yeah wanting to to watch their their pennies and um, you know, be a bit more cautious in their spending. Um, we you know have got an accumulate recommendation on it, and that's mainly due to the fact that their share price has has been you know, re- relatively strong because the market is thinking exactly as you've been saying that right. it, it is that sort of stock that in a recession um, it's a good business to to be in. Um, and having said that, it's come out of a a very tough couple of years for it because it had you know the the impact of the the su- supply chain issues and increasing costs etc so for a business that it plays at that low end of the the market it's very difficult for it to um, improve its margins so yeah I think it's probably a little bit of a sweet spot for a, a company mm. like the reject shop um, so we've yeah as I said we've got a an accumulate recommendation on it our fair value at the moment's 485 so not that much no, above the current close. share price but um, yeah, it's it's a reasonable business, and yeah, it's got good good cash on its balance sheet, so it should be able to keep reinvesting into the business as well. Okay, uh, Daniel, it's a great theme. It seems obvious, a bit like the theme of Australians getting older, so retirement villages and those developers should do well, and they haven't. Um, so, do you reckon the re- can the reject shop deliver on the theme? Oh, look, I, I think it's just too difficult at the moment for the retail industry as a whole. And we've seen other companies, one I'd call out as even best and less, which should be that discount provider, Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Has, has had huge downgrades. And if that stock wasn't under takeover offer, you know, that, that'd probably be down another 20 or 30% at least, I'd say. So uh, I'm just cautious around these narratives of, of defensiveness, because one thing we have to factor in is that the numbers that we're, that we're kind of cycling are extremely elevated coming out of COVID. So even for the reject shop, the numbers are extremely elevated. So regardless of where expectations are, if there's disappointment, I think the share price will just get kind of crated in even more. So if I'm looking for retail exposure at the moment, I'm probably looking to be a little bit contrarian. So, you know, mm. I'd probably be looking at something that's falling like a LaVisa. I don't think it's time yet for LaVisa, but I think that would probably be something that I'd be a lot more interested in. Um, yeah. But the, the one thing reject shop has got going for it is it has 80 million dollars in net cash so that's a huge cash pile sitting there i don't know i'm not too familiar with management strategy so i'm not sure what the purpose is um for that cash balance there but look i, I certainly think this stock isn't susceptible uh, is susceptible to some of those downgrade risks in the sector so i'd probably be happy to even walk away from it and, and sell at the moment okay so what would Levisa need to get down to before um uh, because it had a great run up well it got to uh 27 bucks just a couple of months ago and as you Mm. say it's now down to 18.32 so it's had a big run up and now a, a drop down again 
Yeah, so from our perspective, Koshi, we're, we're not really chartists, so we, we probably wouldn't have a price point or a point right. in the chart where we'd say we're happy to buy. We'd probably wait for the announcement for the results to come in, and our probably thesis at the moment is that there'll be a rebasement of expectations because out of all the retail stocks, LaVisa has the highest expectations, trading on the highest multiple, has the highest growth forecast from analysts. So we probably need to see those expectations be rebalanced because right. if they don't, even if they meet FY23, you know, consensus targets, all the focus is going to be on the, the that outlook statement. If that outlook statement, you know, comes in with the slight the slightest bit of weakness, uh, you know, our thesis is that the stock will get sold down pretty heavily. So that's what we're waiting for at the moment. Um, that's probably the catalyst we'd look to be a little bit contrarian and say perhaps mm. now's the time to buy in. Um, so we're probably waiting for that data point. So that'd be on your on your watch list if you like. Oh, absolutely. I think there's another stock we're going to talk about, Super Retail, on the watch list as well. Yeah. And probably JB Hi-Fi would round out my trio of companies in the retail space. Isn't that interesting? Because uh, end of last year, earlier this year, earlier this year, um, mm. LaVisa's share price went through the roof. The whole market was going down. The All retailers <laughs> being smashed. It defied gravity, was it? it was, and I had it on my, my watch list and missed it. And I just kept, I go, nah, too late, too late. And it just kept going up. And I thought, bugger, a zero was the other one. That's 60 yeah, bucks. Yeah. And you know how you go, oh, no, it's got to uh, settle back down again. Didn't. Um, but that's interesting. Um, maybe look at LaVisa um, after their, uh, their next announcement and see how it goes. All right. Uh, you talk about super retail. Uh, Angelo wanted uh, a view on this, Daniel. So is this another one? On your watch list, of course, it's uh, sporting goods, auto parts, owned super cheap mm. auto, Rebel, uh, BCF, and, and MacPack. Yeah, so one thing we probably you know like about super retail at the moment is that it has that that conglomerate kind of nature about it, whereby it's not just focused on apparel. You know, it has very um, differentiated exposures. So typically, you know, you would even expect if one kind of sector is doing a little bit poorly, you know, for example, if Rebel Sport is doing a little bit poorly, perhaps another industry or another segment kind of picks up in the past. So it does have that little bit of defensiveness. I'm not going to call it, you know, Wes Farmers in terms of conglomerate nature, but has some of those aspects and management has a history of uh, taking advantage of the cycle. So buying, buying out franchises during the low. So we think that these guys have a lot of optionality. Um, Rebel Sport is, is, a, is a really strong franchise and so is Super Cheap Auto. And the auto, the automotive um, product market, I've been so surprised at how strong that's held up. You know, I don't really spend too much on my car, but it seems like Australians as a whole uh, are just absolutely crazy in terms of the accessories and things that they've been purchasing and there's been supply chain issues there. So now that stores are a little bit more well stocked, seems like demand is, is still there at the moment. So I can certainly see this one holding up quite well in comparison to some of its peers. Okay. Um, so you'd be holding it at the moment mm. but not not certainly holding it yeah uh, but not buying it so is this in in your uh, in your Lavisa basket as well for a more of a pullback Yep, yep. For a buying opportunity, I'd put this in the LaVisa basket. And the reason why is you, you like these companies where they can have some type of flexibility. So 
you know, a great example is I'd call out JB Hi-Fi. When they purchased the good guys, it was a little bit of a distress situation. They really turned around that business and margins went from, you know, low single digits to over 10%. That's the type of optionality, you know, you want to see in a retailer where they have that experience doing that. And obviously, Super Retail have that experience um, in history when they've acquired their brands. Okay. All right. David? Yeah, we've got a lighten on on super right. retail. Okay. Um, think that it's probably a little bit overvalued at, at present, and and our analyst is is looking forward in that we think that there's going to be a lot more competition from the likes of Amazon right. uh, in general, but then also in the the sporting goods area, uh, they've got competition from JD Sports and Decathlon coming into the market. So there's there's competition there. We saw in their last result that their earnings. Well, their, their sales momentum was um, low single digits, so not great uh, in improvement there. Um, camping and outdoor, everyone stocked up during COVID and, yep. and went out and bought caravans and camper vans and, and tents, etc. So, yeah, we think that that market's fairly saturated at present. Uh, and as I said, there's, there's competition from Amazon. So I think looking forward, they've done well, but it's going to be a challenging 12 months for for super retail so it's probably one that we'd be steering clear of and we will talk a little bit more about that auto um, sector but yeah yeah, we'd probably prefer a a more um, specialized uh, company like BAPCOR in that sector we've got a buy on BAPCOR and we prefer that direct exposure um, not the exposure to, to all the other parts of the okay. the business. So what's your what's your general view on retail at odds? Is it pretty cautious? Right. Um, look, we're we're pretty cautious right across the board at the moment and think that, that in Australia we're already in recession uh, and that it's going to be a challenging challenging time. Now we haven't really seen too much of that coming through in terms of the, the numbers yet. Um, we're heading into the end of the financial year and in, in August we'll hear from a lot of these companies. So that may well be the time when we start to hear from companies that, yeah, sales are starting to soften off and, and right. we're seeing um, you know, re- reduction in spending. But generally we're, we're pretty cautious because the, the rise of interest rates makes people change their, their spending. Yeah. So August is going to be critical at the moment, yeah. although lots of companies are giving updates. Well, that's right. And you, moment, yeah, certainly in, in July, you tend to find the, the uh, confession season that you know, companies will come out before their, their annual result and, and warn the market if yeah. things are tough. So, yeah. We're, that's the continuous disclosure requirement. That's right. It? Whereas previously, everyone would be hanging on for that announcement. Yes. Now you can't. That's right. If you're an executive and you've got a fair idea what's coming. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, in the short term we're yeah, probably overall fairly cautious on on retail in Australia. Right. Okay. And globally for that matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daniel, by the sound of it, you're you're the site. Yeah, certainly we've been quite cautious on the sector as a whole, and and there's actually some great points that that uh, David brought up in the in the last company, whereby you, you, it's not just the internal kind of spending debate between Australians; it's also increased competition. So, companies like Amazon, and it's been touted in the market for almost the last six or seven years, saying Amazon's going to come and and cut everyone's pie, take a slice of the pie, but that still is an impending risk as well. So there's just too many headwinds at the moment to really mm. be you know in the sector in, in any 
type of overweight or equal weight way. So, you know, you have to be extremely cautious at the moment. Yeah. Uh, David Farrell wants a view on GUD Holdings. You, you pointed to this. This is in the automotive sector. Yep. Uh, aftermarket automotive spare parts, um, um, gaskets, sort of brakes. I'm... I, I don't pimp my ride at all. I just try and let somebody else. I have no idea. But I have heard of Ryko of and Westville, uh, some of their big brands, but also the Davy business um, is water-related sort of pumps, swimming pool accessories. And yeah, like. that's right. Yeah. And that's probably the part of the business that is the more consistent. Um, yeah, Davy, you know, it's, it's a re- almost a requirement as far as the, the you know, the, the farming um you know, farmers will need those pumps, etc., and then yeah. uh, you know, in the the plumbing um, or you know, plumbing commercial business. Uh, so that's the consistent part of the operation. The other auto parts, as you said, is tends to be more discretionary. One of the problems with GUD is that they don't really do much manufacturing themselves, so they do a lot of importing. So oh, okay. they're reliant on um, you know the the. Uh, goods coming from their their suppliers, but also relying on those prices. Hmm. So it's more difficult for them to pass through those costs to their consumers. Um, but having said that, their their four wheel drive and, and trailering business, which is APG, has actually been continuing to do very well. Um, so as I said earlier, we're in that um, in that period where when we're forward looking, we think that it's going to get worse. But we're not really seeing those those signs coming through as yet. Mm. Um, so we've got an accumulate on GUD, and that's really based <coughs> on their, their share price. They're they're trading well below their their fair value. Our fair value is is twelve dollars on it, so it looks cheap. Wow. Um, PE of eleven times, dividend yield of six point two percent. But yeah, I, I think if. If I was buying for my portfolio, there's probably more interesting businesses out there. Right. Um, but from a yeah an odds perspective, we've got an accumulate recommendation okay. on. Okay, and and that's a significant increase. Your target price. Yes. So yes. Certainly. What it is yeah, we're we're seeing it. Um, yeah, from a, a fair value point of view, it's uh, it's worth a lot more. Mm. Um, but yeah, we we could okay. see a yeah, the market might take a little bit of time to get up to there. Mm. Daniel. Yeah, so David's covered the business quite well. The only thing I'd add is that historically they've grown pretty much pretty much by acquisition, and they recently completed that. Um, I think it's a, a Auto Sports Group uh, or APG Group acquisition, and they're carrying a lot of debt at the moment. I think their leverage ratio is is well in excess of three times. So that's where the market hesitancy is around. It's still carrying pretty much an inflated debt balance. Now the majority of that debt is fixed at low rates. So management have done a good job in kind of securing securing that fixed rate debt um, debt base, but still obviously from an investor's point of view, a lot of pressure there. So we'd probably like to see that get paid down. Um, I remember this stock had a huge bounce at its um, at its quarterly update not too long ago, all, all the way back to ten bucks. I think there was a lot of positive outlook comments from management, so I think it's probably one to to watch a little bit closely because expectations are pretty low. And I think amongst consensus, you know, there's not many buyers out there, so probably one that might surprise to the upside, uh, but just be cautious of that debt balance. Okay, so if you're in it, you'd you'd still hold it. 
Mm, yeah, yeah. I'd call it a hold for now. Okay. Um, however, if, if you see some deterioration at the next result, even if it opens down on the day, you'd probably likely to sell it because, you know, that any type of issues around balance sheet, you, you I don't think you want to be sitting there um, at this current market environment. Right. Okay. All right. Our final stock, uh, Daniel, uh, Caitlin wants a view on supply network. Again, we're in the after parts market, but uh, this time... Uh, uh, with the skew towards trucks and buses. Uh, New South Wales uh, based company operates in Australia and mm. New Zealand. What do you think of uh, Supply Network? Yeah, really interesting business. And it's almost been a bit of a theme, these kind of uh, distribution businesses performing really well. I think IPG Group is another one. Uh, IPG, IPD Group is another one that's that's been performing extremely strongly. And um, to have distribution business with 10% net profit margins, I think is really excellent. Goes to show that management clearly have a, a track record here. And I think they've been involved in, in this business for, for quite some time now. So they recently upgraded um, their, their kind of FY23 sales expectations as well so certainly why the share price has, has been so strong and you know it's hard to see you know business like this kind of keeping this this and maintaining this performance but if earnings are still increasing then you know it's likely that the, the business and the share price will follow so we probably still see some scope for earnings um, to, to increase year on year and it seems like you know management have a really strong position in, in that kind of niche in that distribution niche so for us we're probably looking to, to add on a pullback but would certainly call it a hold for now okay um and obviously pretty liquid as well by the mm. look of that chart, is it? Yeah, I think at the moment, liquidity is actually taken a bit of a, a hit up. So I think recently trade has improved, but historically it's traded somewhere around $10,000 a day. So it depends on obviously your size and whether you're an institutional or retail client. So we've never owned this in our managed fund portfolios because it is too illiquid. But a yeah. lot of our stock doctor members have, have followed this for a long time and, and have been on board. So it does go to show, you know, if you, if you can manage that liquidity risk, um, then it could be a decent little business. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, David? Yeah, we like it as well. Yeah, it's uh, a, a, an interesting business in that, it is auto parts, but it's priced differently yeah. to those retailers. Because is it, is you, it family founder led as well? Uh, yes, I think it is. Business, yeah, 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 and it's quite a fragmented industry as well. So that's one yeah. of the reasons that we like it. That we think that there is growth potential for them to make further acquisitions and to to grow. Uh, they've recently made some um, acquisitions and, and grown their their supplier network. Um, we think there's further scope for them to do that. Right. Uh, and the, the fact that, yeah, that there is continuing demand for, for truck and bus um, parts, um, talking to Lindsay Transport, who's one of the other businesses that we, we look at, one of their biggest issues is they can't get enough new trucks. Um, yeah. So they're constantly maintaining their existing ones, right. which means that yeah. you, know, you need more parts. Lindsay's interesting. So it doesn't come it's, up often on, on the market. Yeah, um, it's done very, very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great business. Soul Pets has a, a big stake in I it, I think they it? do, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah That's how I came well. across it. Um, yeah, well, they've so doubled in the last 12 months, and, and we still think that there's there's further growth. Um, they've actually been a beneficiary of, of the Scots business going under. Ah, right. Um, okay. So they've picked up some additional capacity capacity there. But yeah, as far as supply network, yeah, we, we think it's a great business. Uh, as Daniel said, the management forecasts um, in or management have guided that their revenue will be up 26% this year. So it's it's certainly 
growing very strongly and we yeah. think that it, you know, it should continue to grow. So, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting business. So you've got accumulated on it? Accum- uh, no, we've got a buy recommendation. A buy? Yeah, right. fair value of 1540 Okay. Mm. Is it interesting in this market where everyone's a bit down, what it hit a, a three-month low um, today? Obviously, June is... Is selling season, tax selling season. Yep. Uh, thankfully, it hasn't been as bad as June last year, but at least, <laughs> at least a bit of weakness. But there are still companies yep. out there, David, that just are chuggy along under the radar. Oh, absolutely. And and that small to medium sector uh, has been one of those ones that's yeah. you know, there's just been indiscriminate selling. Uh, there have been some fund managers that have moved out of that sector altogether, uh, right. which has had selling. Um, and then retail investors or individual mum and dads um, you know, have been cautious about it. But yeah, as you say, there's great businesses there that are yeah. continuing to perform very well. Um, their earnings are going up, but their share price isn't necessarily yeah, following. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, gone are the days where you, you just throw the dart and the market's uh, uh, t- <laughs> tending to rise. But again, to what David was, was saying, there are still little gems out there, aren't there? Oh, and they're incredibly difficult to find in the small cap space because, like David said, there's so much just uh, institutional selling across the board. But when it comes back to those fundamentals, you know, it does go to show. And I think supply networks is is just the perfect example. So I wanted to call this out quickly. FY18, 40 million shares on issue, $8 million in profit. FY22, still 40 million shares on issue. $20 $20 million in profit. So they've they've more than doubled profit in four years and shares, you know, haven't increased in the, at the same rate. So that's exactly what you want as a small cap investor. Yep, too right. All right, Daniel Ortizzi from Stock Talker. Great to see you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Yep, great to be here. Thanks again, Koshi. Uh, David Lane from Ords, good to see you. Safe yeah. travels back to Brisbane. Thank you very much. All right, talk again soon. Uh, let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Uh, Phineos and Accumulate from uh, David and Ords, a hold from Daniel, Reject Shop. Uh, take some profits, according to, uh, uh, from Daniel's point of view, Accumulate from Ords. Uh, Super Retail, a hold from Daniel, uh, lighten from uh, from David and Ords GUD and accumulate from David a hold from Daniel uh, supply network a buy from David and Ord minute and uh, a hold from Daniel but he'd be looking at it buying on any weakness uh, both of them really like the company all right that's it uh, for us for today thank you for joining us um, if you'd like any stocks for me to put to our expert panel uh, shoot them through to me ausbiz.co slash call picks or tweet us using the at ausbiz tv handle more of ausbiz coming up straight after this When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.